What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Amanda, and welcome to another episode of the Hey Sugar Podcast. It is almost Christmas time, a holiday season, and I thought it'd be befitting for us to talk about grief. As many as you know, if you follow me on Facebook or on Instagram, my mom passed away in 2015, and I experienced my sister and I this period of where we felt like we were in a fog, we were still moving, but we feel felt that we were kind of lost or we just didn't feel like ourselves. And, and I've gone through the process of healing. And finally, I don't know, five or six years later, I feel like my old self again. So I thought, let's talk about grief. Let's talk about loss, how to deal with it during the holidays and how to deal with it after the holidays. We've all experienced so much grief and loss this year. And I'm excited about my guest today. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a good, dear, beautiful spirit woman that I just met through my friend, Dr. Janelle L. Henry. I want to introduce Leslie J. Tolan, MS. She's a certified grief recovery specialist, and she is going to talk to me today about my own grief, about the grief that you may be experiencing during this time, and just a little bit about her. Um, she is a heart-driven entrepreneur and the owner of Healing Hearts International, trained and certified by the Grief Recovery Institute. Leslie is an advanced grief recovery method specialist that's going to help us today. So y'all show her some love. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you for that warm welcome, my dear. I'm so happy to be with you and grateful to our mutual friend, Janelle, for the introduction to you. I'm uh, thrilled to be here. And it's such a important subject to talk together about during this sensitive time of the year. So thank yes. you so much for the, for the warm welcome. You are welcome. So tell me a little bit about you and how did you become a grief specialist and what is grief recovery? What is that? So I am uh, a woman who, as a youthful senior woman, has lost an inordinate amount of people I have loved through my long lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I, in the last uh, five years, although I'm trained as a psychotherapist, I had a, uh, a breakthrough with a mentor who five years back, Amanda, introduced me when she knew of one of my most recent losses of a very dear friend and how I was suffering behind that. She said, Leslie, mm -hmm. you know, I really want you to consider the possibility of becoming uh, specialized with grief and loss since you've had so much of it and you would be such a good role model. Why don't you consider the grief recovery method, which I knew nothing about. My only regret today, five years later, is truly, Amanda, that someone did not find me 35 mm -hmm. years ago and say, Leslie, I want you just to consider this short-term, compassionate, uh, heart-driven method, which mm -hmm. is action and evidence-based. And what I mean when I say evidence-based, sometimes Amanda people will ask about that with this particular action-based method. It means that in the last five years at the College of Public Health at Kent State University, there were studies done with adults who walked through this short-term program, seven, eight weeks, with a handbook that we use, the Grief Recovery Handbook, and mm -hmm. read certain chapters each week and worked on homework assignments each week. And at the end of those eight, eight weeks, what they noticed is that contrasted to those who did not walk through the same course, those who did had significant changes in their knowledge of, their attitudes about, their beliefs, and ultimately their behaviors about loss. Because you and I both know that it's our beliefs which govern our behaviors every day. So to have that added um, certification uh, knowledge to what I'm teaching, which is educational, it's not therapy, although mm -hmm. many of my clients, adults only, have therapeutic results. And mm -hmm. I wish, I wish that our meeting had happened five years back when you lost your beloved mama, Amanda, because mm -hmm. this coursework is so uh, touching, inspirational, motivational, and life-changing is what my clients will tell me. And those are the testimonials Aww. that are on my site. And that's been such a um, unspeakable 
joy for me to witness personal transformation of my clients walking through so much grief and being able to move in a short time from barely surviving to feeling like they're now thriving and watching the process has been just truly wonderful. So that's a long answer to your simple question. (laughs) How did I get involved? And I got involved because this changed my view of looking at loss and now being able to be certified to offer it virtually across the nation and internationally is so my honor. So that's what I'm up to of late. And such a beautiful work. Um, I wish I would have met you five years ago. Um, I, I have friends right now that are currently going through loss. And, you know, I, I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. And, you know, my faith is, is uh, very important to me. It's a driving force in my life. Um, I also think faith coupled with grief recovery um, or grief counseling would have been so beneficial for me because I personally didn't know how to even deal with it. I didn't understand it. I didn't under, I didn't know what I was going through, you know, because who you can't speak on, you know, how are you going to respond when your parent passes away, especially if you had a great relationship with your parent. Mm. And um, I just didn't know how to deal with it, but I'm just excited to learn from you today so that when people listen to this podcast, even if they aren't able to connect with you, they'll still be able to grab some knowledge that will be helpful on their healing journey. Yes, absolutely. And what they can Mm -hmm. each know, whomever is listening, is that I always welcome a discovery call as a compliment to any prospective client, just to have some more great information in his or her mindset about how they might grieve whatever loss they're walking through. And you know what, maybe Amanda, it might be time, should I just, may I read just a short list of the different types of loss that we can walk through? that your Mm -hmm. listeners might be experiencing or have experienced. Mm -hmm. Because I think that in our fast moving culture, what we tend to think of as loss is either death Mm -hmm. or divorce. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of it. And no, Mm -hmm. there are like 44 different kinds of loss that we can experience in a lifetime that we don't even let ourselves think about as grieving issues. So with that, I'm going to ask your listeners, you do not have to sit at home and raise your hands to one another if there's two of you listening together. What you can do is count on your fingers when I read some of the many, many different kinds of loss that you might experience. And then you'll know what maybe your conflicting emotions have been even in this holiday until now, because we've had so much loss this past year. Those of us who have been alone at some time during the last year grieving this pandemic, that is Mm -hmm. a loss of friendship, community, and our neighbors. Uh, Any outstanding personal achievement that you might've walked through during the last few years, this can lead us to feelings of, oh my God, what's next? How do I top that? Or looking back at, I'm not enough, all those kinds of feelings. What about Mm -hmm. a change in your major to any of you who are in school, changes of your major, you're in one lane and you have an epiphany and you think, you know what, I really want to go over here. That's a change. It's a change and brings up loss. What about changes in any social activities that you might have had? Each of us has walked through this in the last year. We miss our friends. We miss our loved ones. We miss our routine. What about change in your living conditions? Have any of you listening, because of the lack of work, had to move from where you were living to a place that maybe you're not in love with for the time being? Just a change. What about any changes for any of us who battle with food? That was one of my major issues in my lifetime. What about changes in eating habits or changes in frequency of arguments with a loved one because of the stress we're all under? Or looking back at your young lives or maybe your midlife, or maybe you're a senior like me listening and you think about what have you walked through that has been an emotional emotional, mental, or sexual abuse issue that you have never spoken about with anyone. If that's in your heart, this is a grieving issue. What about Mm. those of you who might have been considering getting married, 
become engaged, have been married, it's not working out now, your arguments are increasing and you're separated and oh no, I miss him or her so much. Now you have a reconciliation. This again is a change and a grieving issue and you're back together and you haven't had therapy or counseling or coaching together. And some of the same issues are in up to consider once again, this is a grieving issue. What about going to church or synagogue? And that's changed over the pandemic few years just because of the lack of inability to get there. Mm-hmm. What about gaining a new family member? And I will stop there, Amanda. There are about 12 issues that many of us, I'm sure some of your listeners, have not yes. thought about as grieving issues. And the reason they are, mm-hmm. are because John James and the Grief Recovery Handbook, available for any of you on Amazon, if you don't want to work personally with me and have me send you a hardbound sign by me, you can <laughs> order it on Amazon. And in this beautiful book are all these steps wow. of what we can go through to affect our heart being full again after experiencing a loss. Wow. I, I know you've covered many things that touched my life personally. I had to close my business during the pandemic. Um, I, my business, one of my businesses that I have is all based around entertainment and people coming together. So at that moment, all those things happened at one time. And I had broke up with somebody I was dating. All of that happened at one time. And oh my gosh, that, uh, it was so overwhelming. I'm like, I am dealing with a lot of loss all at one time. So hard. Appreciating what you just mentioned, all those losses that you're functioning as well as you are. I I say, girl, you're awesome. That's a lot of loss. That's a lot of loss, Amanda. And I hear you from my heart to yours. I hear you because the statistics through the Grief Recovery Institute, which I'm privy to, which come from the CDC and these health organizations in the United States alone in our last year, we have lost 100, over 100,000 beautiful lives to overdose. Because why? Because drugs are being laced with fentanyl now. It's Mm -hmm. hellacious, it's ugly, it's frightening. And we're at a loss as a population for knowing what to do about our emotions with loss. Mm -hmm. We grieve alone, many of us. That's one of the myths, the six myths of grief that I teach. And grieving alone is not our answer when we feel miserable inside. We need to reach out to someone we trust and say, hey, can we talk? Can we sit? Because I got some stuff on my heart I really need to talk about. And Mm -hmm. grab someone whom you trust and know he or she can be there for you and just be present with you and listen. Because in my transcendental meditation work of the last 20 plus years, one of my mentors says something beautiful like this. He says, if speaking is silver, then listening is gold. And in my humble view, spirit gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Yes. (laughs) And so in my work, I work to be a heart with ears. I work to be able to be present with each of my clients and to listen well to what they're walking through. And one of the definitions that your listeners might like hearing about grief is grief is a normal and natural reaction to loss, Amanda. And yet what we do in our United States, in our fast moving culture, is many times not normal, not natural, and in fact, unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Grief Mm -hmm. is the conflicting mass of emotions that we feel when anything familiar changes. So now I'm gonna spend 30 seconds laughing with you at myself about this. For instance, getting married, which is the front of the hand and the back of the hand. I'm Mm -hmm. a lady who was married early and it was the wrong relationship and that didn't happen. Then I was 
I grew single and independent and feisty on my own. And later in life, I met a wonderful guy and we've been together next month, 14 years. Okay, this is a blessing. But Amanda, I was Uh on my own for 20 plus years and I'm an independent cuss. So in my kitchen, in my little condo on my own before I united with my darling husband, I miss those shelves in the kitchen where I put extra clothing. Why? Because I don't use the kitchen for food, right? <laughs> and I stored extra shoes in the oven. Why? Because I never. Are you, serious? <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious. I will <laughs> always laugh with any audience at my <laughs> lifetime achievements <laughs> and habits and all of it. I'm petite with huge emotional shoulders. So I say getting married was wonderful in one way. And on the mm-hmm. flip side of it, there are moments when. I miss that little 700 square foot condo on my own, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I mean, listeners, when we talk about the front of the hand and the back of the hand, even in something that's exciting and wonderful and heartwarming Mm -hmm. as being married to someone we love, still, we can grieve a former life that we had. It's just human nature. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Because you don't look at that as loss, right? Like, oh, I miss that life. You know, I miss being alone by myself sometimes. (laughs) Storing my shoes in my oven. (laughs) So you love it? Sometimes I have uh, clients who have moved their family, Amanda, across country for better work or to another Mm -hmm. city or whatever it is. Dad, mom, Mm -hmm. got a better job. Off we go, kids. The kids are eight 12 and 14 what do you think those kids are going to do about their friendships do you think they're going to be excited that dad has a better job and more money in new york heck no they're in a heartbreak over leaving Mm -hmm. their communities of friendships behind at each of those ages and what Mm -hmm. mom and dad might not have done in the haste to leave and move because they got a better job and more bucks is maybe they didn't take the hands of those kids and walk them through every room in the house and say goodbye. These are the memories I'm going to cherish. We remember mm. when we had the party over here. Remember when we had the sleepover in this room. All those memories and saying goodbye to something we're going to grieve are important yeah. for parents to do with their children when they make a move. Who teaches them that? No one, except maybe a specialist like Amanda or Leslie. Who has that knowledge? Yeah. So yes, we grieve everything. Hmm. Hmm. So tell me different ways that we grieve um, prior to having grief recovery or grief counseling. What are some of the ways that people tend to grieve? So first of all, I want to apologize to every listener who can hear our <laughs> Australian Shepherd Zoo in the background. Sorry about that, everyone. They're talking to each other and having a good day. Um, (laughs) So we grieve in so many different ways. Oh, my goodness. Some of us grieve poorly and we grieve alone. And we think that if we're not happy and we can't put on a happy face, that we need to be on our own in our room, closed off from the universe. Mm -hmm. Wrong. The Mm -hmm. antidote, the antidote to grieving every time is participation. Whether it's one-on-one, Amanda talking to Leslie about her heart, about her mama, and on what she still misses today, five years later, or it's being with a small group of friends with whom you feel completely loved and honored, and you can tell your truth about how right now, life is not really pretty, and it sucks at times. And I feel horrible. And this is what's happening with me. And just have people who love you be present. They don't have to fix you. They don't have to do anything. All they Mm -hmm. have to do is listen. And sometimes what we forget and drop out when we're grieving is we forget about moving our body. We forget that we are built to walk and move and breathe and be in movement. And Mm -hmm. exercise, no matter how light-hearted it might be, whether it's a walk around the block with a pet or a friend, 
is good for our well-being when we're grieving because what we tend to do is isolate and grieve on our own many, many, many times. And that's and why we have statistics that are so horrific about this last year with both yeah. suicides and overdoses. That's why. And I can totally identify with, you know, not having movement. I think about when, and this is such the most touching topic for me. When my dad, he was diagnosed with cancer, uh, let's see, 2009 in November. And then it just rapidly just took him uh, in February of 2010. During that time, I was working single mom. Um, you know, I, I wasn't taking care of myself. I was just going about my everyday life, not eating right. And just, I was so concerned about my dad and him transitioning and me just living life and not even paying attention to my body, my self-care. After my dad passed away, I look up, you know, months later to see up that I gained all this weight um, because I was grieving. I wasn't taking care of myself. And I, you know, I decided personally to have weight loss surgery during that year. But I look back now, <clears throat> that was the biggest that I've ever been in my life. And I know that a lot of it had to do with me going through grief and loss and not really taking care of me or paying attention to me and not being active and healthy. I so appreciate you being so authentic to share that pain that you walked through with that. I get it. I have mm -hmm. lived it. I get about using food to fill our void of our emotional loss. Mm -hmm. I understand it completely. And I don't intend for even a moment in time to compare what I've walked through about food to what you've experienced because one of the most important points of my work with each client is no comparison between herself or himself and another. Mm -hmm. And I'm so sorry that you walked through that and that kind of pain, Amanda. And I mm -hmm. wish that we had met back then, truly. From my heart to yours, I wish we had. The, one of the discussions that I have with each of my clients is about what we call in the grief recovery method, STIRBS, short-term energy relieving behaviors which translate into addiction. And many times, because I'm the daughter of a late beloved, highly functioning alcoholic father in 60 years back, when I'm a little girl, having that method of treating loss on his part was my mm. model. Here's what you do. If you feel badly, you drink. And so... It's common, in fact, for fathers who do drink to have daughters who eat. It just is one of these statistics that's Ooh. interesting. And wow. so I use food when I was a much younger woman to deal with anything that was a loss or perceived loss at the time. And I hear you about wanting to use food to battle with that horrible loss of either your dad or your mom. I get it completely. And yeah, so, it was comfort for me. Totally comfort. I totally mm -hmm. get it. And so when you asked about 10 minutes or 15 minutes back, what are some of the, you know, the benefits that can happen from grief recovery and the method that I teach? One of them is so many of my clients have said, I'm no longer going to the refrigerator or freezer at two in the morning for Haagen-Dazs. And I get it because I live there. I get it, get it, get it. Dr. Gabor Mate might be a familiar name to some of your listeners. He's a psychiatrist who deals a lot with trauma and mm -hmm. its effects on each of us in our brain and our heart. And what he said forever back in one of the lectures I attended was every trauma that we can experience as human beings does not necessarily lead to an addiction because I was traumatized and sexualized and hurt. I don't necessarily begin using heroin or cocaine or booze or food. However, beneath every single addiction is grief. Mm. And when he said that about six years back, I remember being at that lecture and writing it in my journal thinking, Oh, yes, doctor, you are so right on for my experience in my lifetime of 
what I did with food all those years that I used food to cover up heartache or dating the wrong guy again and again and again, different names, same toxic relationship until I healed and went to my own work on Leslie. And then now life is different. So Mm. for anyone who's experienced gaining weight as a result of grieving, I hear you, or becoming, having a break maybe in their sobriety because of an, an intense loss. When the founder of the grief recovery method, the late beloved John James, who passed only about a month and a half ago. So we as specialists, Amanda, have been grieving his loss across Mm -hmm. the nation and the world for the last few months. Thank you. Just an incredible man. Died at like too young to say goodnight, like 78. To me, that's young. So John James, 45 years back, and his then wife, had a beautiful baby boy who died three days later. And he was so stricken with that loss and his incomplete feelings about loss, not being able to experience the hopes and dreams and expectations that he was so excited to share with his son. Mm -hmm. And he stood on a, a pier in Santa Monica where he lived at the time. He had a gun, he was a vet from Vietnam and contemplated taking his own life. He was in so much pain. Then he had a spiritual epiphany, which told him, John, begin looking at definitions of grief. And he went to, and what to do about it. And he went to so many bookstores and all he heard were different definitions of grief. Nobody told him what to do about it. And he began writing the steps to grief recovery. At that time, he had been three years sober and knew about a 12-step program. And some of my clients who have been addicts will talk about some of the similarities between the steps in our program and a 12-step program, because some of them are in some ways beautifully similar and just Mm -hmm. looking at action steps to walk through any kind of a loss. And Mm -hmm. so John began to develop this program, Amanda, and 45 years back, his neighbors would come over and say, hey, our neighbors heard about what you're doing and tell us more because my mom is really hurting. Her brother died and she won't come out of the bedroom. She's grieving so much. And please, will you talk to us? And here was born the grief recovery method, which today, 45 years later, what a legacy he left the world. This book has been translated into 32 languages and is now out offered out of offices in the UK, in Canada, in Honduras, in Mexico, in Scandinavia, in Australia and New Zealand. It is so wonderful to be a part of this family all over the world who are teaching this educational method that heals hearts. So beautiful uh, and so needed. So talk to us, Leslie, um, how do we deal with grief during the holidays, Christmas time, holidays, whatever, you know, you, you desire to call it is coming up. And um, I know it's going to be a very tough time for a lot of people. Can you help us and walk us through uh, on our own? And how can we deal with it? I so appreciate that sensitive question. And to every person who's listening today or might in the future, what I want to stress is how important this holiday time is for having a holiday with your own soul. What I mean by that is whatever kind of activity that you can express that is about self-care self-compassion and self-love is what I would suggest that you indulge in and not alone with someone you love, with someone with whom you can be present, as I said some minutes ago, who can just let you be and express what you're going through, not needing to fix you in any way. So sometimes there'll be people who, if any of your listeners have walked through a recent loss or maybe 
the loss of a loved one or you've changed a job and you're mourning your community you've lost at work, whatever that loss might be, I say sometimes people can walk on our boundaries and because we're vulnerable, we might be in a place where we say yes to something we really don't want to do at that time. And so I stress boundaries as a gift from ourselves to our heart about what we want to do and not do during the holidays. It's okay. Sometimes I'll use this as an illustration. Um, I know Amanda, my friend's going through a loss. I say, Amanda, you look like you're, something's on your forehead. Are you not having a good day? Oh, I'm fine, Leslie. I, I really, thanks for asking. I really don't want to talk about it. Oh, no, Amanda, really, you can talk to me. I'm here for you. You know what? Thank you so much for asking. And maybe later, right now, not. So thanks. Mm -hmm. But Amanda, and even being more forceful, and you can then say to someone who is in that mode of operating, because some of our people are without meaning to hurt us, but Mm -hmm. they are, you can say, hey, you know what? There's a part of no that I think you're not getting. (laughs) (laughs) and you can say it with sweetness and light and you don't have to raise your voice and you don't have to be sarcastic Mm -hmm. and you can just be you and say no no thanks I don't want to go to that party no thanks I don't want to get together with Harry and Ben and George I just want to get together with Harry right now okay just understand this is where I'm at So I say that during the holidays, whatever we can do for ourselves, that's the greatest gift, is what there is to do. And it can be simple. It doesn't have to be an outrageously expensive or out there kind of thing. It can be with one or two people. Or it could be if you're invited to an event where you think you might be close to maybe an addictive habit and therefore you don't want to go, like I don't want to go see Aunt Aunt Marianne because she always has all those sweets and it drives me crazy. And I end up standing by the sweet table and then I eat more than I want. I come home feeling like, shit. Right. So I'm going to go there. So you know what you can do? Call up a friend and say, hey, you know what, Um, Beth? I'm going to go see my Aunt Mary because she's like leaning on me to come over. But here's what I'm going to tell you I'm going to do in front. When I want to stand by that sweet table, I'm telling you now, I'm going to eat one brownie. That's it. When I come home, I'm going to call you and tell you, I ate one brownie and I'm home safe. Okay? (laughs) You can make that happen between you and a friend. There's always a way over, under, around, or through the sadness that the holidays can present. Mm -hmm. If we just look in our heart and say, what's my heart telling me I need right now? Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't equal what everybody around you wants for you, that's okay. Yeah. Does that help? That does help. Because that, you know, we look for permission. Yes. From our family, from our coworkers, from our mates. But I love what you just said. It's so important. Your heart. What do you feel in your heart? Um, And I really love how you said not to isolate yourself. I know a lot of times that's what we tend to do is we want to retreat and go into our little shell. Um, And sometimes when, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Sometimes when we're in that shell, I so appreciate you mentioning that because depending on the home from which we have grown up, in and how unable some of our parents have been to notice and deal with emotion because they weren't taught by parents who dealt with their emotions. They're doing the best that they can still. And you know what? Sometimes their best isn't right for us. And we need to just recognize that and go, I want to be generous with how I love myself during holiday time. Mm-hmm. And loving myself doesn't equal that I do what someone over here wants me to do because they have a need for me to be there. Maybe I don't. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay. Yes. Wow. That's very powerful. It's okay to call someone up and say the day before you've already given a, yes, I'm going to be there when you're having a bad moment and say, you know what, Don, I got to tell you, I'm so sorry. And I apologize. I just need more time on my own. 
can we maybe talk at the end of your party later today? We can? Mm -hmm. Okay, but that would be great. Thank you so much for understanding. Mm. Bye. It's all okay. We need mm -hmm. to give people we love a pass on what some of their changing behaviors might be. And we need to be really kind to ourselves mm -hmm. because we might not be up for being social in the way we were even a year ago. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Wow. Tell me, like, I have so many questions for you. <laughs> um, how do, how can I, how can we celebrate uh, someone that we've lost during this time? So that's, oh, I so appreciate your questions, Amanda. So how we can celebrate the loss of that person is to be around a few, if not only one of the people whom we trust implicitly to be authentic with our emotions. Mm. And we can say to that person, um, I'm your friend in this discussion. I'm not your specialist with grief. And I'm coming to you as a friend and I'm saying, Amanda, hey girl, it's Leslie. You know what? I'm really missing my dad this holiday. And can I just sit with you and tell you some stories about him that I really would love to share with you just so that you can know a little bit more about who he was and what he was like. And some of the stuff is this downright silly and stupid because <laughs> some of the stuff we did together as father and daughter was so stupid, but I just want to share it with you. It was, would that be cool? Can you like give me an ear? You can. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Just ask for what you need to in fact go through this holiday without someone who is always on your right side and is no longer there. And depending on your faith about that person, maybe that person is with the God of your own understanding. Yeah. Maybe he or she is with the God of their understanding, which is not the same faith as what you have. Mm -hmm. And you're fine with that. However, that faith might be for them. Maybe you want to talk to one of the people with whom they share that faith about what it's like for that person missing your also beloved person. Mm. There's so many ways to be open about our grief, which many times we shut down about because we think in advance of being authentic that we're going to be criticized for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even in that, Amanda, if we call up and the wrong person is on the other end of the phone who can't go to that place with us because they don't know how to share or speak of an emotion or mm -hmm. spell the word feeling, that's okay. Give yourself a pass for calling up and asking that person. They're doing the best they can mm -hmm. and their best might not equal your ability to communicate. So Maybe your ability to communicate, if we liken communication to being in a 40-story uh, uh, Keo Plaza hotel in Japan, one of my favorite places when I traveled when I was a kid. Uh -huh. Maybe in that hotel, your ability to communicate is the equivalent of the penthouse suite at the top of the 45th floor. And maybe I'm making this an analogy to express my point. Maybe mm -hmm. the person you just called to talk about your dad has an ability to communicate that goes to the fourth floor. What's mm -hmm. going to happen between your ability at the penthouse and your friend at the fourth floor? Nothing's happening, girl. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Oh, okay. It's okay to celebrate your friend on the fourth floor and know that you need to talk to somebody who can communicate yes. at Amanda's level of her ability to express all of it mm -hmm. and who doesn't offer any critique, who doesn't offer any, well, did you think about doing it this way? It doesn't offer any of that BS to you, just is present. Mm. Wouldn't that be an incredible gift? Yes, it would. It would. Wow. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Your heart. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, honey, um, I think what I'd like to bring up, if it's okay, are a few more of the other myths about grief that any of your listeners might be 
hearing from a friend if they've experienced a loss recently that they might be walking through and their friend might think they're doing their friend who's suffering good by suggesting any of these myths I'm going to talk about, each one for a moment, but yes, they're please. not. And their their friend is doing their best, but their friend doesn't know better. Mm. So sometimes we break up with a loved one. Say we're breaking up with a boyfriend or girlfriend. It's holiday time. We feel like, we feel like we don't feel good. Mm-hmm. And one of our friends comes over and says, Amanda, you are so beautiful, honey. Don't just skip over it. You know what? You're going to meet somebody wonderful in no time. What that person is saying is, Amanda, don't feel bad. Besides, you're probably being emotional. And I can't stand your emotions because I don't know what to do with tears. So would you please turn off the faucets and just know you're going to meet another guy in the next while. I promise you. That is like, here's my analogy with those two myths. Don't feel bad and replace the loss. When I was five years young, our family dog, Tuffy, little black and white Cocker Spaniel, was crushed by the neighbor's auto. I was inconsolable because for three years prior, Tuffy had slept by my little girl's room. My brothers slept in their own boys' room together, two older brothers. I'm on my own in my little baby girl's room, and my little Tuffy slept beside me every night for three years. How do you think I felt when this bone-crushing news uh, reached my ears. Yes. Crush. So my father, who's a then highly functioning alcoholic man, is on a sales trip. And he comes home from a sales trip and he sees his little girl's red eyes and inconsolable state. And he says, baby girl, dry your tears. On Saturday, we're going to buy you a new dog. We're going to go to the pound and buy you a new dog. What was he doing? I can't stand your tears. Stop it. And let's replace a loss and get you something new. Do you yeah. think I ever bonded with that rusty terrier? Never, 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 never. Wow. That's what we do when we have a divorce, a separation, a breakup. What mm-hmm. do we do? We go oh, out and we find somebody new, right? Uh-huh. Go get you a new person. <laughs> I, I'm married to a divorce attorney. Do you know why the stats are so high on second marriages? Why? People do not go to therapy or coaching or finding out what happened the first time that didn't work. And they repeat the same mm. relationship the second time that doesn't work. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so don't just go run out there and get you another man or woman. Come on now. It's not it's the true. solution. The solution mm-hmm. is to grieve whatever the grief of loss is in the world. So those are the first two. Don't feel bad, replace the loss. We already talked about grieving alone. Another one on the flip side of grieving alone is what? And some of this you might've experienced with your losses and some of it you've seen in your loved ones. Just keep busy. Let's go out. Let's get another job. I know I'm going to work from eight to five. That'll keep me from feeling about my breakup. And then I'm going to have a little bit of time for dinner. Then I'm going to work from seven to 11 in another job. Part-time, just part-time. What? Yes. So true. So true. Oh my gosh. Those are four. The last two are be strong for others, which many times when we would have a loss in our family, and my older brothers were crying for an aunt or an uncle who died, many times what they would hear from our late dad is, stop your crying. You need to be strong for Leslie. She's crying too. You need to be just strong for her. No. A young boy needs to feel his feelings and have his father wrap his arms around him and say, I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry. I miss her too. But if the father doesn't know how to do that, he's going to do what all he knows best to do, which is stop your tears and show up strong for your little sister, which Mm. totally voids out the emotions of that older brother, which are real and authentic. That's so true. Last one, I mean, I think you'll love this. Just give it time. Just give it time. Time alone was the healer. When I'm speaking in front of a group of 30 to 50 people, and I'll say, how many of you have experienced a breakup, a loss of a friendship, a loss of a parent or loved one of any kind, and it's five years ago, and you still feel searing pain in your heart when you think of this person, hands will go up. And I say, keep them up if it's been 10 years. 
Keep them up if it's been 15 years. Keep them up if it's been 20 years. So my point, everyone, is it is in time that heals us. It is the action we take within time that heals us. Mm. Amanda and Leslie are close friends and they're going to a concert and there's a loss of a tire on the 134 East going to Pasadena. You know, it's going to happen. They're going to be in the emergency lane and one of them is going to be on the phone in three seconds, AAA, get the heck over here. We're having an emergency. Right. I'm going to take out lawn chairs from the trunk and sit and wait for the air to flow back into the tire on the side of the road. Right. Yeah. When we have a broken leg on a ski slope, what do we do? Emergency, get the vet over mm-hmm. here, get the taxi over here by air, take her to the hospital. With the dog, get sick, what are we doing? To the vet immediately. But when we have a broken heart mm-hmm. in our culture, just give it time, Amanda. No. That's why this beautiful program, which has steps of healing within it, produces such incredible results. And I'm going to tell you one brief story about a result. Last year, I had an amazing woman to work with who found me by my website. And I was touched that she wanted to do the work because she, I'm going to change some of the story to protect her privacy, was from... Um, I'm going to give her another state. She's from uh, Texas and she had a fully, she had a beautiful private practice in therapy as a psychotherapist for 30 years. Five years ago, her eldest son died, 27, gone beautiful relationship she had with her son and she was devastated. She kept working. And then she got to a place where last year she could no longer hold space for her clients because her grief was so great. And grief is not only cumulative, it's cumulatively negative. So when you or I are suffering in the moment now from something that just changed, what it's going to bring up for us are people in our past about whom we haven't sufficiently grieved. It's all going to come forward in our mind and heart. It's just normal human behavior. Mm-hmm. And so what happened is five or four sessions into the work together, I opened the Zoom connection and she had this huge smile on her face. It was so beautiful to behold Amanda. And she said, my husband has a message for you. And I said, really, what? And she said, he said, tell that lady, thank you. I feel like I have my wife back for the first time since her son Matthew died. Wow. And so that was so touching to me. And I tell that story again and again, because witnessing that has been such a joy. And then she walked with me on another loss of her own mama Mm -hmm. that passed 25 years before in a home fire and she'd never grieved her loss. And she worked on her daughter who also is challenged with mental challenges with Mm -hmm. bipolar disorder. And we talked about that relationship. And at the end of a few months, she was walking a new step in her life every day. And it was so incredible to witness that transformation. I can imagine. That's so beautiful. So that's the privilege that I have with doing this work, Amanda, and why I said, gosh, I wish I'd known you five years back, because the beauty of what this brings for people who are all sensitive. We all have losses. We all are grievers. What it gives us is it gives us back our normal and natural self Mm -hmm. of being able to be in joy in a moment of time in the present, instead of being depressed about what happened last year or five years ago or 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And being anxious about what's going to happen in the future. And it allows us to be more present with what's happening in our life right now. It's really a joy. Wow. I, I can imagine how that brings your heart so much joy to see your clients blossom and live again and, and be again. And uh, I'm very thankful for this time that we had with each other. And I know that my listeners are going to be so um, helped during the holidays. Um, Please let us know, how can we get in touch with you? 
Um, and she does have a discovery call. And if you're in need, I want you to be able to get in touch with Leslie so she can help you on your journey. And so thank you so much for asking, Amanda. And I, what I want to begin the information offer with is I just four days ago had a gift from L.A. County. L.A. County gave me the gift of a small grant for my business. And I am going to use that grant in walking in the new year by letting your listeners know that I know that this has been a tough time financially for almost everyone I know that I'm going to use the grant to offer it as a stipend so that my normal practice fee is reduced greatly. Uh, so if anybody nice. wants to talk with me and just have a discovery call, just know that in advance. And you can connect with me by um, just going into my website, lesliejtolin.com, L-E-S-L-E-I-G-H-J, T-O-L-I-N and like Nancy.com. And you can write me a note on any of those pages to be in touch with me and we'll make a time happen that allows you to connect with me so you can have your questions answered, whether you go forward with this work or not, just to answer any questions that Amanda's in my conversation perhaps yes. did not. It would be my honor. This is my work and my passion. So don't be shy, please. Yes. And her information will definitely be in the notes so you can get in touch with her. But I am just so grateful for our connection. And this has just been so eye-opening. It's, it's an eye-opener for me and even in my grief uh, and me recovering. But I'm just, I'm thankful for you. Thank you so much. So, so much. I really appreciate your time talking with us today. It's so my honor, truly, Amanda, to have met you. And I hope that we can stay in touch. Yes, definitely. So you guys check out Leslie. You can find her on her websites in the show notes. And, you know, don't grieve alone. Make sure that you connect with someone that is a heart listener, a sensitive listener, and connect with Leslie because she definitely will help you on your healing journey and you'll be able to thrive again um, for next year starting today. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Amanda. All right.